Howdy folks, Cormac Walsh here from Bass Fishing Ireland and you're very welcome to the Lure Fishing Podcast. In this episode, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the one and only Henry Gilby. Henry is well known in fishing circles and has worked really hard over the years to put lure fishing firmly on the map where it is now. I have a great chat with Henry. He's recently back from a trip to Portugal where he was targeting some winter bass. We also talk about all sorts of things lure fishing wise, from waders to headlamps and everything else in between. So I really hope you enjoy this one, folks. I will ask you to bear with me in relation to the audio. It's not great my end, but you can hear Henry loud and clear. It is something I'm working on and I have some new equipment, which will mean going forward, we'll have some great audio for our next guests. So that's it. Hope you enjoy. Okay, great. Well, well, look, it's great. It's great to have you on, Henry. Thanks a million for joining us. I know you're only back from Portugal and I suppose... You kind of have to tell us about that. Um, I know I read your blog there actually about it. I had a quick look at the blog and I know you were kind of stressing that you didn't really want to be promoting people going over there, but I find it very interesting. And if you're happy enough to talk about it, tell us about it. Yeah, of course. Look, Cormac, thanks for having me on. Um, I listened to your first episode. Well done, eh? Uh, fishing podcasts are not easy to do, so well done. Um, yeah, Portugal. God, uh, well, I don't recall... I mean, genuinely being intimidated by fishing since I fished with the fish lads and our small islands in the boat. Well, I don't mind admitting I was um I was kind of terrified. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Portugal. Look, it's fascinating. You know, we were we were humbled. We were <laughs> you know, brought down to earth. Um, the potential there is you know, it's amazing. I mean, anyone, anyone who watches Grant Woodgate's videos. You know, you can see what is possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I know I said, yeah, I said on my Facebook page or blog post, whatever it was. I look. I'll go back because it 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 just interests me so much. The potential to catch bass like that. You know, it's because well, as it's not easy at all. Grant knows someone like Grant knows what he's doing. Um, but I am very very wary of, you know. I don't want. I know it sounds a bit stupid. I don't want to be responsible for people going down there and getting into trouble. I mean, you know, you're yeah. people who like people who, sorry, Cormac. Yeah, no, look, people who know swell, people who know, you know, the makeup of waves and winds. You know, they'll be they'll be okay. But it's you, you can get into serious trouble down there. I mean, you know, we we just couldn't access a huge amount of ground because it was just too, it was too big. Yeah, yeah. I had been on to Grant myself previously and I've been watching him for a while and talking about it and, you know, it looks great and, you know, you know yourself like, okay, over here we have a chance of getting a 10-pound bass and that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But over there, you have a chance of getting a 20-pound bass and that's yeah. the attraction really, isn't it? But it's, you know, it's really interesting. I've been talking to Grant a bit recently and it this is what I love about, well, I love many things about fishing, but, you know, Grant said when he was kind of growing up without fishing, he thought that's how everyone did bass fishing. And then I'm sure yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you started getting into bass fishing, I'm sure you thought, and, and the same with me. In fact, you know, my first sort of real bass fishing with lures was um, you in your part of the world in Wexford. And I kind of, I guess I assumed, oh, this is what everyone does. But the great thing, you know, the thing about bass, I never realized before I became utterly obsessed with the fish was I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that, you could fish them in so many different ways in so many different places and in so many kind of different 
types of locations and terrains. So there's Grant, you know, fishing down on the west coast of Portugal in in some seas which, quite frankly, are you know potentially freaking lethal. And then yeah. you might, or I might, or someone else might, you know, might go wandering an estuary with a little lure rod, tiny lure, and still have a chance of catching a big bass. I I don't. I'm not aware of any other species that swims in our waters where we can take such a varied approach. And I guess that's why we all, you know, we're all addicted to them. Yeah, yeah. And but saying that, even even like, okay, you're going to Portugal. You don't know the area. You don't. Uh, you know, you've never fished out there before. But still, I'm I'm sure you incorporate kind of things that you know, like your knowledge and your watercraft that you kind of use over in the UK and Ireland. I'm sure you're able to incorporate that over there and and like it worked because you did catch some fish so um <laughs> that must be a positive that's a positive really isn't it yeah no good look of course i mean you know we were going blind we're saying the lad i fished with he's another henry actually he had bass to 14 pounds down there last year and i i told um, him we, we actually sat down a, we had a coffee one morning and i said to him i said henry you know i don't want to blow smoke up your backside but i i don't think you quite realize how well you did last year fishing it blind on your own okay he had considerably smaller swells but you know he did well and that's you know so yeah of course you, know, you go looking around there, there is so much bass ground out there um and i gear and uh, yeah but then you know that the whole of portugal the west coast of portugal north portugal northwest portugal north coast of spain i mean you know it's like you know you go wandering around ireland you go wandering around the uk yeah yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying that you know the bass stocks are as healthy as they should be but Bass are kind of they're kind of everywhere, aren't they? They are, yeah. It seems to be, and I mean, it's great to see. I don't know if you notice yourself, but lots of um, a lot of smaller bass around, you know. So, like, especially in Ireland here, anyway. I mean, you know, things are looking good for the future if we can keep it that way. You know, there seems to be a lot of juvenile fish around, which is a good sign. Yeah, I hope so. I. Yeah, I know I mean, things are a bit different in the UK. I know you have a commercial fishery there. I know it's slightly different over there, which you at the moment. And um, but but we we kind of have to be positive for the future, don't we? Oh God, of course, of course we do. Um, yeah, and if there's anywhere I feel most positive about, it would be your country and your waters because, you know, I think you know we are we are how do you say it politely? We are somewhat backward in our approach to looking after our own fish whereas i guess you have a slightly different fishery and you know it's perfect but i yeah i fancy your chances the best by miles yeah 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 it, it is a tricky situation over there in the uk all right and you know we, hopefully hopefully things will get better in the future you know and, and you'll be able to kind of protect the protect the stocks more going forward like yeah look i kind of think Cormac, i mean Funny enough, you know, Kian, who we all know, who used to run um, Absolute Fishing in Tremor, he, yeah, yeah. he said something very interesting to me a few years ago when, I, you know, you know, we were noticing more anglers out on the coast. Um, and, it, and I, you know, my first inclination might be to, you know, to moan a bit about it, which is completely unfair. Um, but he said, no, he said, look at it. The way, the way he looks at it, looked at it was, um, you know, more anglers out on the coast is more anglers policing the coastline you know, yeah more, more anglers into bass fishing are more people to be kind of weaponized in the support of bass fishing so look yeah, I, yeah. I feel i feel positive you know some you know some some months when the fishing's tough and i you know i think oh my god i can't i can't you know i can't catch a cold but then i i, you know, I feel positive i really i really do and maybe that's naive but 
No, I saw it. I feel positive. Yeah, no, it's great. And I saw I see as well you had some you had some bass over the winter in back home as well there, didn't you? You had some bass there in December, I think. And uh, you know, it's more and more anglers are kind of fishing over the winter and you know, trying to trying to get out more rather than just being a spring to kind of autumn kind of season. You know, we kind of look at it all year round now. You know, you're 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 so right, I mean, I remember I was I was finishing my guiding work in Kerry, you know, Southwest Ireland with John towards the end of October. Yeah. Really looking forward to, you know, to getting home and fishing. Now, obviously, look, we've had a bad winter. Um, you know, yeah. every few every few years we get one of those winters where it's just it's just crucifying us. But yeah, look, I love November. If you give me the conditions, I love November and December down here and into January. Um, I had my first ever bass in February out on the open coast around here last year. Um, but I, yeah, what you say you know that you know the way I work. My my brain, I think about things, I guess, and I. It fascinates me how you know if you went back, I don't know, twenty, thirty years, and you read any bass, you know, bass fishing articles in magazines, or whatever. I reckon you're probably talking about people fishing them from, let's say, June to what, early October. Yeah, yeah. And I, I on the one hand. I think it's fascinating how people are catching them for longer and longer each year. And, I, you know, more people get into bass fishing, more people, I think, you know, they, they think, oh, you know, why not? Why not give it a crack? You know, just because someone yeah. says we can't catch bass. You know, I've seen reports on Facebook today from bassing, uh, from bass from the shore in Cornwall. And that's what we'll be now. What we'll be now, 19th of January. So, yeah, you know, why not? I mean, if you don't know, you're never going to, you don't go, you'll never know. Sorry, is the expression, I guess. But yeah, I love it. The more people coming into this, I genuinely thinking, I you know, think they just think, why not? You know, who says I can't catch a bass in April or January or December? I mean, you know, yeah, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And uh, and as you said, I think, you know, it's great. Angler's attitude these days is, is brilliant towards yeah, conservation yeah. and catch and release. I think it's really, it's so good. Like, you know, I mean. Look, I remain very positive. You know, I, I like you say, I think I've always kind of, um, you know, I like, you know, we all like fishing. Um, I, I think I've always kind of felt that anglers are usually pretty cool people. You know, obviously anywhere in life there's the odd idiot. But I think anglers are pretty cool. They love the outdoors. And I do, I like the attitude within bass fishing. You know, if you take away what I call the experts who, you know, they know it all anyway. You never, you know, they've, yeah, they've, known, yeah. they've, they've known it all since before they were born anyway. Take away those people. And I think, I think anglers are cool people. You know, I've got so many friends in the fishing world. Yeah, just anglers are great. Anglers are cool. But um, you mentioned about um, the guiding there with John and Kerry last year. How did you get on last year with it? Yeah, God, look, I I love it. I, 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 God, I like guiding. I mean, I love, I love going. Look, I love, I love being able to go to Kerry and call it work. Which I mean, it is work. I mean, you know, we do a hell of a long days. Um, but you know, you know how much I love your country. I get to go and help people catch fish with John Quinlan, who's the nicest guy you're ever going to meet in a beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah. Look, yeah, we had, we had some good fishing. I mean, you know, when, when conditions are again, the great thing about that part of Ireland is we, you know, generally, whatever the weather throws at you, I think we're doing something viable 99% of the time. You know, we're never going to take people out 
when we don't think we've got a chance of catching because you know it's not fair. Okay, yeah, you've no. always got somewhere there where you've you've always got somewhere there, well, nearly always that you have some bit of shelter or somewhere yeah. you can yeah. you can go. Yeah. yeah. And but we you know we work the guys hard, you know, we, we we get some we get some really cool people along. Um we've been here, we have people coming back year after year. Um so yeah, we you know, when the fishing's good, it's really good. And when it's tough, we just work it and we pull the old fish and but I'll tell you what we do the most, we laugh. I mean, we you know John and I take the mick out of each other all day long anyway, but yeah, I yeah. hope I hope people come to us and then leave us, you know, having caught a few fish, eaten well, you know, stayed in a really cool part of the world. And I I think they've laughed a lot. You know, we we do we do what we do, we take it very seriously. You know, John and I go at the guiding very seriously, you know, I hope with a professional head on. Yeah. We, you know, we giggle. I mean, you know, fishing is meant to be fun. I mean, you know, you love fishing. I, you know, I I go fishing because I enjoy it. I don't go fishing because you know, I want to catch the biggest fish in the world. I go fishing because I love it. And that's what I think, I think, and I hope comes across with our guiding work. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Like I know some of the guys have been down there and, you know, they've had a great experience. And I think a big thing is, you know, lads go down there for a couple of days or whatnot, but they learn from it and, you know, they can go, what they can take something from that and put it into practice elsewhere then, you know, and so, go, yeah. go find their own marks and find their own fish and, and develop their own watercraft. And uh, that's the great thing about it. Yeah, I hope so. Look, you find out, you know, for, you know, I love guiding. I, you know, I, the fact that I'm not fishing when I'm guiding was never going to be a problem. You know, people don't know what I did. Like, I used to go and take photographs around the world, a lot of fishing. And I, on 90% of those trips, I'd never fish. So I just took photographs. Not fishing is not a problem. Um, yeah. you know, we, have, we have a lot of anglers you know, coming of all abilities. And I think it's, you know, when you know fishing, like, like you, you know, when you and I, I suppose, you know, we do fishing. It's what we do day in, day out because we love it. But I suppose we're comfortable with what we do. There's a lot of anglers who aren't. You know, they want a bit of help, a bit of assistance, you know. Yeah, like, yeah help you know help with finding bass or you know how to work a surface look you know we just we just sort of assume that you know you rig up a weedless soft plastic and whack it out and fish it but a lot of guys don't know how to do it um you know why should they know um you know exactly I can fish, yeah yeah I can fish kind of basically whenever i want you know conditions are good around here i live close to a lot of fishing a lot of guys a lot of people may have two weeks fishing a year you know why on earth should they know what we might know and uh and i think I think I would hope that's one of the skills is that you can break down, you know, break down what makes fishing accessible and then translate that across to people in a kind of fun, non overbearing way. Yeah. Someone's always doing something different. You know, they don't, they don't have to be a hugely experienced angler. You know, they're doing something. You think, oh, hang on, that works. Um, They might work a lure differently. They might cast differently. They might. Yeah. And I tell you that almost the, you know, well, there's many thrills. I love it. Um, but almost the biggest is, you know, if you have guys with you, they go home and then you get a message, you know, a week, month, whatever, further down the line saying, oh, I took what you helped me with and I caught bass in my local area. And that is, that's awesome. You know, that's, um, yeah. that, that's as good as it gets really. You can't, you can't get any better than that. It's great, yeah. Or they show you a picture of a lure that you told them about, or you gave them, yes. and they say, "Oh, yeah. yeah, I worked. It worked. I got a few fish on it." And uh, yeah, it's brilliant. You can't beat it. Yeah, that's no, very, it's very, very cool, Cormac. I love it. So yeah, have you kind of, or have you kind of yet for for the guiding this year? Yes. No. Yeah. I'll go July and October. 
Um, I think the bulk of it is again, well, yeah, it's repeat business. You know, we're lucky. You know, we have people. You know, genuinely, I mean, they've, they've become they've become friends. I mean, I you know, I sort of you feel a bit bad charging them to be honest because they're so nice. Um, but yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of people we're very lucky. They kind of um. They finish their trip and say, "Oh, when you know, when, can we book up for next year, please?" And so I throw the dates at them. Um, well, John and I kind of sit down and try and be grown up and sort the dates out. Um, look, I'd love to do more of it. I really would, but obviously, it takes me away from home. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much you know. I love working with John, but he can only take so much of me. Probably, probably driving insane because I'm I'm up early and I'm bouncing and I. I can get quite kind of hectic, so um, but we have a, you know, we have a good crack. It's brilliant. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose that says a lot. The fact that you know it's not just guys going down looking for a bit of information. Thank you. Good luck. I never see them again. It's it's you know they're they're coming back for more, which which speaks a lot. Service itself, you know, it's it's great. Like yeah, I hope so. I, and I and I see you know occasionally sort of you know we all like you see comments online, and I think again, some anglers think oh it's all about you know, finding big fish for your clients. Um, but it's not, you know, our, you know, I've had a, I've had a bloke literally give me a man bear hug after hooking, you know, we tried a different technique and he got a bass about a pound and a half, two pounds and literally jumped into my arms. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. and I, you know, I suppose you and I could, you know, maybe a lot, you know, some people are blase about a two pound bass or three pound bass, but at the end of the day, you know, that's a good fish. I mean, you know, that, that if people work for it, I don't care what size. I don't obsess about size. You know, I would I was actually say if someone ever got in touch with me and said, I want to come and chase big bass with you and Kerry, yeah. I, would say, I would say please don't come because we're not that kind of, you know, we're not gonna just try and chase exclusively big fish. You know, we're going bass fishing. And if a bigger fish yeah, jumps yeah. on the line, so be it. But you know, don't come to us if you want to catch only big bass. I've just been to Portugal, Cormac. Um, you know, targeting potentially big bass. Yeah, yeah. I like to think I know a little bit about what I'm doing, but I, you know, accept that there's far better anglers than me out there. Um, yeah. I went down there for a week and I caught two fish. One, okay, I saw a cracking fish. One fish bass I caught was smaller than my lure. The other one was about four pounds, but but I loved it. So if it's all about big fish, then you know it's never going to work. Yeah, yeah. And tell me, Henry, what what lure did you get the fish on, just out of interest? That's exactly what I got it on. And someone's going to think I'm promoting now, but it was there's these um, it was called the Savage Gear. It's the new. They used to do these surface lures called the Sandeel Surf Walker, but it's now called it's called the Surf Walker 2.0. And I actually oh, yeah. used I used the biggest one, the 180 mil, the floating one. I think it weighs if I said. 28 29 grams right it's quite a big lure yes yeah, yeah i have, I have a couple work. of them and I, I noticed they actually they fly out they fly out cast wise like you know really yeah, good these new ones cormac i promise these new ones i never i was never a massive fan of the original ones because i found you know i was not this is way before i worked with savage gear i found the floating versions weren't consistent casters and the sinking ones are now there are one two three four there's five different is that right one two three four there's five different models in the range and every single one casts properly excellent yeah very um, good and you know even that 180 you know, that's that's a big surface lure but i mean i was working it subtly well i like to think i was anyway you know you, you could still for a big surface lure the floating one you yeah work it really subtly because i needed to reach 
behind a bit of reef. Um, and the fish smashed it. And then, like I say, I caught another bass about well, that was literally smaller. So it was less than 180 millimeters long, smaller yeah. than the lure, and he grabbed it. Oh man, it's gas, isn't it? You just tackle anything, like you know. They're, they're, they're psychotic fish; they can't help it. That's great, and like so, what savage gear wise? Um, what is there anything kind of you're excited about? You're probably excited about a lot uh, this year. Like, but is there anything that is there anything that uh, is there anything that kind of stands out, or that kind of you know you're really kind of looking forward to kind of getting in the water, lure wise? Oh yeah. oh yeah, well obviously, look, um, these new surfaces. There's we've, there's a lot of new surface lures. Um which this lad over in Greece, Marcos, I think you pronounce it Vidalis, Vidalis. Um, we, him and I, we do, we now do quite a bit of work together. He's absolutely brilliant on hard lures. He just, he speaks exactly the same language as you and I, you know what? And I, I he, he probably dreads my calls. So I push him quite hard and say, can you change this? Can you do this, please? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've got quite a few hard lures either. I'm, so I'm looking at my shelf now, trying to be subtle. Um, you know me, I'm a big hard lore fan, Henry. What's that? You know me, I'm a big hard lore fan. Yeah, I've got, I've, Mark, I've, you've got, I've got some stuff here you'd like. I've got stuff here I've been playing with for a long time, which will be coming out later in the year. We've got a bunch of new surface lures, which I think are currently, they're either out or coming out. Um, so, yeah. And obviously, you know, there's, there's stuff I'm always kind of working on in the background and sampling and playing with. Um and then well, I'm, I'm sort of start on um, starting work on rods again. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I see, I see um, you had a go of the you had a go of the major craft tie drift. I think you had a couple of oh flicks of that. God, have you fished? Have you chucked it? I have. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I'm. Oh. I'm. It's, it's happening oh. soon, hopefully. So uh, yeah. I think I, um, I think I said in my. I think I said in my review. I don't know what major craft is smoking at the moment. Um, those tie drift rods, and especially. I'm really lucky. I got to play with three of them: the eight six and the nine. There's a nine six. There's two nine sixes, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, and and the heavier nine six, I really because I, I haven't generally loved heavier, you know, more powerful major craft rods in the past. This one's a peach, but the nine six thirty five grams is ridiculous. Um, very good. Yeah, very good. I mean, it, I mean, it's just a wand. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how they make rods so light and sort of crisp and responsive. Um, but I think that I was talking to Mike actually, Mike actually from Tackle Wave about it, and he mentioned that um, it's very like the old Sky Road. Do you remember the Sky Road? Yes. No. I funny, funny you should say that actually, because um, a bloke messaged me today actually saying he's got an original Sky Road. He's terrified about breaking it. Is there anything I can compare it to? And, yeah. enough, I, said, and I said, yeah, the tie drift is like is like a yeah. I think that you know right. It's almost like a very 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 grown up Sky Road. Um, with you know a, a, a huge amount of the good stuff from the custom sea bass excellent yeah yeah that sounds good yeah it's just it's just effortless i mean you just it's just, it's almost sort of makes it too easy to, to fish with it if that makes sense yeah yeah no that's great and i see yeah you were kind of using the pens there's in conflicts as well you had, you had a lot of good to say about them as well yeah, they're cool. They're interesting, though. I mean, look, I, look, you probably gather I like lure fishing rods. I'm a complete junkie, um, and I get to play with a lot of different rods. Um, you know, I'm no, I'm no more qualified than anyone else. I just get to play with them, and I like writing about it. Um, the pen conflicts are interesting. There, I, you know, I, I never knew anything about them until a bloke within the company um, said, "Can I send you one to have a look at?" 
last year, probably around the middle of last year. And I said, and I'd, ne I'd never even seen a pen lure rod before. I didn't even know they did them. Um, Sent me this rod, and I'd gone, it sat in the corner for two weeks. I didn't even look at it. And I, I thought, okay, I'll start playing with it. And it's one of those rods you need to fish with. And then about a week later, I'm going, oh, wow, this is um, this is pretty serious. And then I started to get my hands on gradually on more rods in the range. And look, you know, people can accuse me of whatever you want. You know, I know I work with these companies, so I'm going to, you know, I get access to the gear. But these, I think this is a seriously, for me, the way I fish, I think it's a seriously special range of rods. They're not trying to make the out and out lightest rods in the world, which I, I kind of admire, actually. You know, they, they haven't gone to that. But they, they, these rods remind me of the high-end Shimano rods so much. Yeah, look, I... Pen's an interesting one. You know, again, you know, I got introduced to the Slammer a few years ago. Um, I wasn't sure to start with at all because I was very used to you know, Shimano and Diver reels. Um, but I genuinely, I think a heavier reel feels better on some rods. Personally, it's a very personal thing. Um, they're pretty bulletproof. Uh, but that's what, you know, this, you know, I'm learning. And now that, um, you know, Savage Gear, I suppose, is part of pure fishing. I'm sort of, I'm getting to work with a lot, you know, a bunch of different people, which I really find interesting. And, you start to learn about how these, how the gear works. And, you know, in America, people don't want lightweight pen reels. You know, pen is known for robust workhorses in America. That is what they want. They don't, you know, I'm sure pen could probably make a, a very, very lightweight reel somewhere along the line. Angers don't want them. That's yeah, it yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just spotted you had a new update on the on a new Nightcore headlamp. Um, I have one of those NU twenty fives. I think I have it for years there, and it's like it's just a hundred percent the most reliable piece of equipment I've ever had. And I was surprised actually that they are actually bringing out a new one. Look, I think yeah, it's I can't remember, I can't remember if someone put me onto the headlamp back in the day, you know a few years ago, or I found it somewhere. But like it's just it's lived in my rucksack ever since. It's never felt yeah I. It's a kind of thing I understand. Look, companies have got to, you know, the, the, the companies have got, have got to refresh product ranges. Um, but I'd have been happy with the original one for the rest of my fishing life. It's just for me, it's perfection. Look, if the new one hadn't been as good, if not, you know, because I got access to it very kindly via Nightcore, you know, I would have, I'd have panic bought, let's say, like 10 of the old ones. Before I said anything about it, so so make sure. But no, the the, the new one's brilliant. I think it's it's just it's just as good, if not slightly better. I don't know how it can be, but it is. But it but you've got to sort of relearn how to use it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they're. I just I can't. You know, you remember the back in the days when we were bait fishing. You know, we had like miners, sort of miners lamps on our heads with those yeah, great ready, ready bicycle and motorcycle batteries and bags on That's your back, it, like yeah. you know. <laughs> and then you had those, you had those freaking halogen bulbs, which if you looked at them wrong, they blew. And I can remember yeah. being like down a cliff at the bottom of a rope, and my bulbs blown, and I'm having to. Ha it's just yeah. And I think I think now, if I was bait fishing now like I used to, I just have two of those headlamps in my bag and just use them. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't need anything else. Really yeah, how don't. How light do you actually need? Yeah, yeah. Talking about that light and anglers, and some lads, some anglers are very, very fussy about light on the beach at night. And uh, I don't know if you do, you do a bit of lure fishing at night. And yes. I, I, I myself, I, I would be kind of, you know, a bit precious about shining the headlamp out, out in the water during the night and limited use. But yeah. but then I, then I see videos. I don't know if you've ever seen videos. The guys, I don't know if you've ever seen the smash fishing guys. And they're literally 
there is literally lamping bass in the shallows with the headlamps and the bass are just staying there, you know, and they're scooping them up in the net. So I'm thinking, I'm worried about spooking the bass from the shore and these guys are going along in the shallows and uh, basically lamping bass, you know, so it's it's a strange one. Yeah, look, I don't, look I'm like you, I'm a bit, I try and be like ninja-like at night um, and I'm nearly face-planting the rock so many times, you know, because I don't want any light on. So I, human logic tells me I want to keep light used to a minimum. But yeah, like you say, how you know, does it really matter? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I love the thought with night fishing, especially, you know, back in the day with bait fishing, lamp on most of the time, you know, on my rod tips or whatever. But I think about these bass anglers out at night, you know, in the pitch black with no light on. And I, I just love the kind of mental image of, you know, each section of coastline has probably got someone or a bunch of people doing their thing in the middle of nowhere, no one even, no one knows they're there. I, I just, I love the mental image of our coastline still being accessed at weird hours of the night by these nutters, us basically, you know, trying to be all ninja-like with our headlamps. I just, it's just, a, I love the mental image of it personally. Yeah, that's cool. Look, look, fishing for me, you know, fishing for me is a, is a hugely visual thing, you know, because of photography especially. But I, yeah, I love night fishing. I love it not for photography reasons, but just you take away that sight element. And I think your your sense of feel and touch is so heightened. So, you know, you know what it's like when you get that thump in the pitch black. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I've I've caught myself yelping before. Literally, I got such a shock. I've yelped and then sort of like turned around and checked my mate wasn't watching me or hearing me. Um, Yeah, I love it. There's something, there's something about pitch black. You're working. You're sort of you're working because you know your gear. You're working well, and then you get hit. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. No, it's it's another string to the bow, isn't it? You know, it's it's for me. It's opened up fishing. You know, when the conditions are to me are not conducive. Let, let's say to daytime open coast fishing. Now I've got night fishing. Yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, it's great. You know, I can't. Like I said earlier on. I had no idea when I first started getting into this that bass fishing could be so all-encompassing and so so embracing of different ways of doing it. Yeah, that reminds me of um, how are you how are you getting on with the wetsuit pants and and boots and that? How you kind of were experimenting during the year with it? And uh... you know what? Um, I've got a lot to thank you for. Um, I mentioned your name multiple times out in Portugal when I was strutting around the coastline in my way. I hope you weren't cursing and giving out about me. <laughs> no, because I tell you, I wouldn't wear waders on that west coast of Portugal if you paid me. Um, you know, if you go in, you're in trouble. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, wore, I wore that palms, the palms, you know, leggings um, all the time. They're absolutely. I don't know about you. They're, they're, I don't get over hot on them. I think they're, they're doing something. I think they're brilliant. They're, you know, look, let's be perfectly honest. I wasn't born to wear tight clothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking like a walnut. Um, but it's but yeah, it's just yeah. really it's just really comfortable. I, you know, well, you know better than I do. You know, once you get past that, you know, your foot's gonna get wet, then it gets warm, and even when I'm getting hit by the sea, or I'm in, you know, your legs don't really get wet, they never get cold. I just find I find it incredibly easy gear to wear. And also, yeah. if I do end up in the drink somewhere like Portugal, I'm in trouble. 
but at least I can dump my rod, dump my gear, and I've got a chance of potentially, you know, riding the rip and then making my way back to shore. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, I look, I still wear waders plenty for certain kinds of yeah, you know, certain kinds of lure fish, you know, styles of bass fishing. Um, but look, we had one day last Portugal, me and this lad Henry, um, when we went for a yomp. I mean, we frigging went down this cliff, which is a bit sketchy anyway, and then we went just ages along these boulders. You know, that was the hard walking, hard climbing, hard fishing. Um, and we gave it a long time. And it was probably look, if I said it was well, you know, it was 20 degrees maybe, but the sun was out, it was warm, there was no wind. Right. And I, yeah. as, you know, as many people who may know me, um, I'm not exactly a racing snake. Um, but I'm walking fit, but I'm not remotely you know lightweight. Um I yeah, yeah. genuinely got back to the and it was a frigging climb up as well. I got back to the car and I did not feel remotely over hot in those leggings at all. I don't know, I don't know how it's possible because technically you should be dripping, but absolutely I'm not saying I went for a run afterwards. Um but yeah. it, was, it was great. Honestly, I they're absolutely I keep thinking oh, I should get a lighter pair of them to try in hotter weather, but I think they're great. I think it's just they just work. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear that actually. Yeah, because I, as I said, I haven't really gone any big hikes with them uh, with them on, like, and I was kind of wondering how how they would kind of you know yeah, how they would out. Like, so that's that's a well, that's a good test there anyway. Yeah, you know, this, yeah. This this sort of now, you know, the more I wear them, the more I kind of I realize where I can wear. You know, the more I realize how much more I can put them into you know press them into service. If that makes sense. Um, you just need you just need don't you? you just need to get out there and just wear the gear. You know, I'm I'm like you. I'm very very open to trying new stuff, and you know if I don't try it, I'm never going to know. So why not try it and see how it goes? Because I lived a lad years ago who tried to get me to start wearing them, and I sort of I just didn't want to get wet feet. I suppose. And you, it was you who really kind of convinced me to give it a go. Um, so thank you, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I wore them a fair bit last year. This year, I will wear them a huge amount uh, because yeah. you just you just got to get past that sort of psychological. You're going to get a wet foot, but if you wear, I found, I don't know, to get a bit sort of nerdy and technical. I found I found that two mil neoprene socks inside my wading boots, you know, on the bottom, you know, obviously over my feet, yeah. they were they were fine in Portugal. I do like four mil, three mil, or four mil neoprene socks in the UK because our water is miserably cold, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I have I have three mil and four mil here, and I yeah. tend to wear the four mil. I don't like getting my feet cold, you know. So I no, tend to yeah. tend to stick on the four mil, and they work great, you know. Perfect. Yeah, yeah nice and snow. But once you get that, you know, you you go in, you get that wet foot, you like, and then in five seconds it's warm, and you don't even think about it for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's it. Um, and but to be honest with you, the main reason I started wearing them was, you know, the ongoing saga with leaky waders. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a fact, isn't it? You, you're aware. It doesn't matter what brand um, you have. In my opinion, uh, after a certain amount of time, you're going to get leaks in them. Have you? Have you kind of? Have you found a pair of waders at the moment that kind of suit or, or that are working good, or you're getting a bit of value out of? Look, it's it's life, death, and taxes, and waders are going to leak, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I still think the Vision Icon waders are about the best kind of bang for your buck you're going to get. Um, yeah. But the simple fact is, you know, this is. I suppose I I came from a crossover world because I was, you know, so long ago I was, you know, I started photographing a lot of fly fishing. You know, that's when I first came across breathable chest waders. 
and I started wearing them for my bait fishing. And you know, back then nobody wore them. I mean, literally, you know, because I people were looking at me, sort of walking into the water to land fish, thinking, "What is that twat up to?" Um, so yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got a lot of years of experience with them. And the thing is, saltwater anglers coming into it who have no freshwater background, they don't. At the end of the day, as much as it shouldn't be the case into service items of gear which were designed for freshwater fishing you just can't get away from it um yeah that's it like the old, the old saying is nothing dies of old age in salt water you know it just nothing's gonna like, happen as much as you know look let's be public you know some weathers are good and some weathers are crap um i think the vision icons are brilliant um and i've used plenty of crap waders over the years um but i do think salt water is you know the salt water crystals whatever's whatever's going on and blocking up the pores you know obviously some waders fail you rip them on barbed wire or they fail when they shouldn't fail um i don't think you know i've spoken a lot a lot of sort of um you know fly fishing people over the years you know waders aren't really designed to be yomping up and down cliffs you know walking over boulders walking all round trips they're just not so you pay your money you sort of make a choice you know you either you either go for it and accept they're going to they're, they're a sort of disposable item which aren't cheap or you go down increasingly down the route you've gone down which i think is really sensible and go for the neoprene leggings which i think um i think are brilliant you know if more people gave that a go i think they ditch the waders because you know how often are you actually wading you know, how much you, have, you are actually standing in the water for hours on end for a lot of people it's not that often yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. So a lot of a lot of guys, you know, you've done it all. You've you've done the books, the DVDs, and you've traveled the world and the TV shows. And a lot of guys, um, you know, you remembered a lot for the TV shows. A lot of people would would look back on them fondly, like and you know, like so because it gave us access to fishing. What I don't know, it must be twenty years ago, is it, or, or maybe uh, in, in around that that yeah, you know. Easily. There was nothing like that at the time, and uh, all of a sudden we had this access to to what you were doing. And uh, you know, do you look back fondly on on those times? Like, um, did you enjoy that period? Like doing the shows. I loved. Look, I was very. I, I fell into it completely. I mean, I, I never had a day's training in my life. I really, I always enjoyed, increasingly enjoyed the process of making the shows you know being on location being under pressure working with a crew i really enjoyed that collaborative process um yeah you know and i and i increasingly enjoyed that and as i but the problem is the more you learn about it the more you want you don't want control that's the wrong word the more you want input into other aspects like editing because you see your mistake being made so yeah i love yeah, that yeah, process yeah. um in a perfect world, we'd have made the shows and they never would have been shown on TV because, look, I'm the wrong person to be on TV, Cormac. I mean, people can believe me or not believe me. I'm just, I love doing it. And I, you know, you can talk about fishing. I can talk about, I can talk about fishing until the cows come home. And I, I just, I didn't find talking to a camera very difficult. I just, it's like talking to a mate. Um, But I, you know, look, let, look, my TV work was very small scale. I think we had about 10 viewers and maybe 12 if my parents ever watched. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, but, but it's a, it left a good legacy. I mean, as I said, yeah, no, you know, I'm, it's great. Uh, you know, people still talk about it. And I see all comments on, on YouTube uh, videos of the TV shows and it's it's all positive and it's great. Like it gave a window into this world yeah, back then where, that we didn't have, you know, and it was, um, 
it was very kind of pioneering, really. Well, look, people were really kind about it. I mean, I never, you know, I've had a few dodgy people. People were really kind about it. Um, but I just always struggled with um getting occasionally recognized because I felt like a fraud. I, I felt like a fraud because I'm just an angler like anyone else. You know, I'm trying to learn all the time. Um, so I kind of, if people sort of came up to me and sort of wanted an autograph or a photograph, I just, you know, people are very nice. And I love, you know, I love talk, I'll talk to anglers all day long because I'm just an angler as well. But I just felt like I wasn't quite suited for that sort of like that side of things because I just felt embarrassed. I felt maybe it's, maybe it's the English side of me. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm very proud of what we did, like you say, because you know, I still get people saying, oh, I've got me and literally I got back from I got back from Portugal. Uh the bloke came to pick me up to take me to where my car was parked. And it turns out that he is an angler who used to watch the programs and remembers and so we got talking about fishing, which you know, he couldn't have been nicer. I mean, he just he was just a fisherman. You know, he said, I used to watch your programs, I used to buy the gear you used to fish with. Um yeah, he really wanted nice. to talk about fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, it like, yeah. great. So, but I still sort of thought, well, hang on. There are probably people better than me to do it. But look, I fell into it. I loved it. I'm, of course, I'm proud of it. Of course, I am. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's great. Um, it's great. Um, look, at um, again, Henry, I really appreciate your time. I won't keep you much longer. I'm going to put you on the spot now and say, right, you're only allowed to pick three lures um, to take with you on your next trip. What three lures are you taking with you? Where am I going? You're going on your local, your local, um, you know, sweet spot there. Your local secret spot. Okay, three. Oh God, uh, three lures. Um, gravity stick, paddle tail. Yeah. The Ima Hound Glide. Oh yes, yes, one of my favorites. Because it's just, just ridiculous what it can do. And then it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna. Oh God. It's going to be one of these new Surfwalker 2.0s. Seriously, I'm absolutely obsessed with them. Surfacing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got my plastic, which holds my gravity stick, which is, you know, landing my biggest ever bass for me. Um, the I'm a hound glide because it's a freak of nature. And then, yeah, the Surfwalker 2.0 because um, they, they, they're just lethal. Brilliant. Yeah. Look at Henry. It's been a pleasure. And. You know, I really appreciate all you've done for lower angling. You know, you really had the forefront of it and kind of spearheaded it from, you know, you know, in the last decade or 20 years, really. You know, you're kind of putting yeah. it out there, keeping it going. You're you're keeping it on the map. And uh, we really appreciate that, you know. Hey, Cormac. Um, look, well, crumbs. Um, that's, that's incredibly kind of you to say so. But look, thank you. Thank you for having me along. And um, look, just well done for doing this podcast and just... Well done for doing what you do. Keep at it, mate. And I'll um well see you. I'll see you at that show in March. So that's it, folks. I really hope you enjoyed that chat with Henry Gilby as much as I did. A big thank you to Henry for his time and being so generous with his knowledge and being so enthusiastic. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. I really hope you enjoyed it, folks. And thank you again for bearing with me with the audio. Some new equipment has arrived, and I'm glad to say the next episodes will be much, much better audio-wise. So that's it, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.